Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The Polkadot auctions are going on now. Parallel Finance offers the biggest rewards to maximize your contributions on your favorite Polkadot Projects crowd loan. Parallel offers the best yield and liquidity for your DOT contributions. Learn more at Parallel and get maximum rewards on your Polkadot crowd loan contributions by visiting Parallel.fi in your browser now. That's Parallel.fi in your browser right now. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Diemer. Today on the show, Crypto.com goes bigger than big. Quentin Tarantino gets sued. And we talked to Matthew Siegel of Van Eck about their futures ETF launch. That's coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. I got an email yesterday from a listener, Adam, and Adam challenged me a little bit, and I'm going to push back at him. Here it is. He sent me an email and it said this. Listening to your show today, I have to say your alliance to a particular party showed. I understand the Democratic Party and Republican Party try to persuade young politicians with donations to alter their opinions, which is reason number 34 why I think our political system is a joke. However, I do consider you more of an independent, which has sides of libertarian at times. Your outlook today on why crypto is dipping without acknowledging the new tax provisions on crypto and lack of privacy for transactions over $10,000 is a red flag for me. I will still listen to you every day and hope you win your elections so we have leaders who want to embrace crypto and are not afraid of it. My opinion is this bill, an unrealized capital gain tax, proposed is their final push to prevent crypto from becoming mainstream. By enforcing a tax based on U.S. dollars and privacy clauses based on the U.S. dollar is their way of forcing crypto to be second standard to the U.S. dollar. Good luck with your endeavors, Adam. Adam, thank you very much for that email, but I do want to push back on a couple things you said. First, I just want to revisit what I said yesterday on the podcast uh, so we can hear in quote uh, what I was talking about and the context behind it. I don't know what happened. Everyone's saying it's the infrastructure bill passing and it just tanked the crypto price, it tanked the stock market. I don't know how that's related, but maybe because they know what's happening. This is my, my, my thought, my guess of this whole thing, is that they saw that this is going to get passed. There's a lot of money there for different things, different projects around the country, and money is going to be reallocated to those different projects, hoping that there's going to be great returns from these different investments going into our economy. So that's what I'm thinking. Who knows? But Bitcoin. Now for my comments. You said your outlook today on why crypto is dipping without acknowledging the tax provisions. And I want to say that I didn't acknowledge the tax provisions because I don't think they're relevant to the reason why crypto is dipping. Look, people are betting on the market. If the bipartisan infrastructure legislation is going to make the market go up or market go down, it, it could have went either way. But with seeing the result of after the bill was passed, the market went down. 
And so I'm wondering why. But the market just didn't go down in the crypto space, but it also went down in the stock market as well, which makes me wonder what's going on to the, with the capital. And it has nothing to do with crypto tax. First, the crypto tax, the broker's provision, most people are saying that it won't even be implemented until 2023. Therefore, to pull your money out of the crypto space right now because you're worried about brokerage, taxes, or, or what have you, would be basically throwing away your money. It seems as though if that is the actual reason, which I don't think it is, that those investors are the people who buy Bitcoin on FOMO when it goes up to 69000 but then sells when it drops to sixty, saying the bull market's over. I don't think that that's the case. The unrealized capital gains part of that bill was dropped uh, a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't included in the bill. As far as my knowledge, and this was snuck back in, <laughs> it, is, it is not included in the bill. Uh, with that said, I, I guess I'm looking at both markets, the crypto space and the stock market. What happened to all the capital? Was there just a bunch of futures or bets against if the market's going to go up or go down and they're liquidated? Did people take the money out and try to figure out what to do with their capital since we do have new provisions that are coming in there from this government infrastructure bill and they're going to employ this capital in different ways in different sectors that might show an upside? That's kind of like what I was thinking. Also, if people are pulling money out of the crypto space because of this crypto brokerage tax provision, then they're not paying attention to what's going on. Uh, Ted Cruz, I, I'm not a fan of Ted Cruz, there shows my political allegiance. I do not like Ted Cruz. Republican, Democrat, independent, libertarian, no Ted Cruz. However, he is trying to make this provision, this cryptocurrency brokerage provision in the infrastructure bill go away. He's introduced legislation that fully repeals the cryptocurrency provision within the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. In a statement today, uh, Ted Cruz said the Lone Star State has quickly emerged as a main hub for the cryptocurrency industry. And that exciting industry is now in danger of being stifled and driven overseas by overreaching provisions in this newly signed reckless spending package. So basically, Ted Cruz is starting a coalition, uh, obviously, because it benefits his state and it's going to benefit a lot of other people's state to strike that part of the infrastructure bill out. So I think it's very premature for people to worry about that part of the bill until one, 2023 and two, to see how this pushback from people who are pro crypto in the pro industry uh, is going to try to deal with this from a legislative standpoint. And that's enough of that. Now to those crypto prices. <laughs> Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $59,712, down 1.6% in 24 and 12.6% in 7 days. Ethereum, $4,177, down 2.6%. Binance Coin is down 2.5% at $571. Tell us in the number 4 spot and... Solana's in the number 5 spot, down 5% at $213. Running off the top 10, we have Cardano, XRP, Polkadot, USDC, and Dogecoin. Total market cap, we're at $2.59 trillion, a BTC dominance of 43.4, and an F dominance of 19.1. And now it's time for Coin of the Day. Our Coin of the Day today is Safe Moon Inu, number 752 on Coin Market Cap. Its price is... 0.000033 cents up 2.8% in 24. Market cap is 33.3 million. Fully diluted market cap, there's 33.3 million, which means 100% is in circulation. All time high for this coin is 18 days ago. It's down 72% from there. And all time low, there's no data for that. Uh, this is traded on Uniswap, 1 inch, and Shiba Swap. 
and basically a bunch of swaps. I went to the website and this is basically a Safe Moon, Safe Moon Inu is a community driven meme and gaming token. Uh, it's anti paper hand system distributes 2% of every transaction to hodlers. So basically this is a it looks like just a you know random group of people that made a shit coin is trying to capitalize off of it. Uh, memes, NFTs, games doesn't have many use cases besides its ecosystem could be a lot of fun. Uh, does have probably made people a lot of money uh, especially the founders but this is honestly a meme coin that who knows if it's going to blow blow up but that safe moon inu ranks 752 on coin market cap and it's just i guess a community coin that people are having fun with moving into today's headlines Van Eck, they launched their futures ETF yesterday, and sadly, it was in the middle of a market correction. Here to talk about it is Matthew Siegel, head of digital asset research at Van Eck. Hey, Matthew, good to be here. Excellent, excellent. Thanks for coming on. You know why? Because uh, yesterday, you guys launched your futures ETF, and it's kind of, I'm going to say, unfortunate because we have a little bit of a market correction. Bitcoin was in pretty at 66,000, 68,000 for quite a little bit there. And then right when you guys launch, but no coincidence, by the way, it's just coincidence, no correlation. Uh, Bitcoin goes below 60,000. It's a little unfortunate. What are your thoughts or your feelings on that unfortunate circumstance? Well, first of all, we're, we're happy to have the third Bitcoin futures ETF trading in the U.S. markets. Uh, it's the cheapest offering by far, six bits a year. Uh, and it's also structured a little bit differently from some of the other funds. It's structured as a C corp, which gives taxable investors perhaps uh, uh, a bit more advantage in capturing um, losses that they can carry forward. So it might not be the worst thing to have Bitcoin sell off a little bit as this fund was launched, but uh, the assets in there are limited for now. So hopefully folks will get a better chance to buy lower. You know, that's the first time I heard somebody mention a C Corp or any other kind of ways that a futures ETF is structured. Can you just walk me through briefly uh, how your ETF structured, what uh, advantages it might have to other ones and how other futures ETFs could be structured? It sounds like a big question, but I think we can do it quickly. <laughs> Put simply, uh, the C Corp structure allows taxable investors to take advantage of any losses that might be generated in the fund. So if they buy this Bitcoin futures ETF and it goes down by 10%, the subsequent increase in price, and we're all Bitcoin bulls here, so we think it's going to go back up, uh, might provide some taxable advantages versus the other futures ETFs in the, in the market. So the combination of the lower fees and the different tax structure, we think it's a differentiated offering. Now, the holy grail of, of uh, ETFs is the spot ETF. And well, the SEC keeps kicking that can down the road. What do you think of the logic that's employed by the SEC right now of allowing futures ETFs and not spot ETFs? We disagree strongly with that logic. Uh, find it to be uh, illogical, in fact. Uh, the <laughs> SEC is saying that Chicago Merck, uh, Bitcoin futures market is not a regulated uh, market of significant size. Uh, and yet uh, they are allowing the Bitcoin futures ETF based on the Chicago market prices. So it's a bit incongruous and unfortunate. Uh, I think it fits with the SEC's essentially stated strategy here, which is regulated by enforcement. 
uh, in the absence of legislation. We've got a turf war among the regulators, and unfortunately, the Bitcoin spot ETF seems to be the casualty. So, you know, we think the future is physical, but for now, let's roll. Why do you think that there is this turf war and what is holding this process up? Um, and I, I just want to just expand on that because, you know, we in the Bitcoin space, as you said, we're all Bitcoin bulls here. Uh, we are looking for spot ETFs. We don't see that th- there's logic here in allowing, you know, betting on the future price of Bitcoin. Uh, so what is the holdup? What is the regulation, I guess, turf war, like you said, or holdup that is kicking this can down the road? The SEC thinks that the Bitcoin spot market is characterized by market manipulation because so much of the trading takes place on exchanges that they cannot surveil. So it's as simple as control. Uh, U.S. financial system is used to having visibility into all transactions. That visibility has been increasing. Uh, you know, the, the DOJ has pulled on the extradition lever in years past to kind of cement that power. And, you know, the party that controls the White House right now is um, kind of more eager to maintain that control than, you know, the free market types. So let me let me summarize this. There are exchanges out there that are that have massive 24 hour volume. They're just massive exchanges and that if you wanted to that are not regulated with the in the United States or the or the UK or, or wherever you can pump Bitcoin price by throwing a lot of volume in there. And you might not. And it's not so transparent about where that value is coming from or how it's getting pumped. Right. Or who's organizing it. So do they have actually a point that the Bitcoin price could be manipulated if allowed to do a spot and put a lot of, you know, uh, United States capital at on the spot ETF or at risk with this external factors? Do they have a point here? They may have a point, but we think that um, it is not relevant because the spot price that we use to calculate Bitcoin excludes those unregulated exchanges. So, you know, if you look at the Bloomberg spot, the, the, the spot price that Bloomberg uses, for example, they're basically just taking the Coinbase spot price. That's the vast majority of it. Uh, now, you know, that creates a catch-22 because Coinbase has asked to be regulated, has registered as a securities exchange, has bought a stockbroker, and the SEC has not given them those licenses. So, you know, we're in kind of a, a catch-22 where the regulator doesn't recognize crypto exchanges as exchanges. Uh, and uh, therefore, you know, characterizes a lot of the trading that goes on there as, um, you know, subject to uh, manipulation concerns. Regardless, ETFs are exciting. And I'm, I'm excited to see that the first uh, futures ETF went on the market. That was the ProShares ETF. Um, you guys came on, you're the third uh, futures ETF. But what I've also seen is that the first mover advantage of that first futures ETF, there was, it was just one of the biggest trading days for a, for a, for an ETF ever, uh, almost a billion dollars. And it, since then, it's just kind of dwindled down. There was like a first mover advantage there. If the a spot ETF is granted, and obviously uh, Vanek is in there, a lot of other companies are in there. How would you like to see a spot ETF rolled out? How do you think a spot ETF is going to be rolled out? And do you think there would be a first mover advantage created by them approving one and then not approving all the other ones, but just allowing them, approving them slowly at time, obviously taking trading volume away from the subsequent uh, approvals. Yeah, this uh, regulatory regime uh, seems to be playing favorites, even, you know, either intentionally or unintentionally. 
It was uh, SEC Chair Gary Gensler's speech at the Aspen Institute on August 3rd that provided the signal to the market that uh, the agency was willing to accept applications of Bitcoin futures ETFs. And then it was kind of first to the goal. Uh, and, and we were third on that. You know, going forward with the spot ETF, uh, we'd love to keep our, our place in line. Uh, but when a regulator is trying to regulate markets by enforcement uh, rather than with legislation or kind of a clear communicated framework uh, that crosses the regulatory agencies, then this is going to be the result, uh, which is first mover advantages. So it's often said that regulation entrenches winners, and I think you've highlighted a good example of it. Uh, but on the Bitcoin future side, we're, we're psyched about XBTF and uh and I look forward to taking some market share. Matthew Siegel, head of digital assets research at Vanek. Thanks for coming on the show, talking about your futures ETF. Congratulations, by the way. And I'm looking forward to the spot. Thanks, Matthew. See you soon. Moving on. The U.S. Justice Department will sell $56 million worth of seized cryptocurrency from the number one promoter of the crypto Ponzi scheme, BitConnect, to compensate its victims of the fraud. The cryptocurrency was seized from Glenn Acaro, 44 who pleaded guilty to participating in a $2 billion conspiracy to defraud BitConnect investors. Akaro will be sentenced on January 7th of 2022 and faces a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison. Potential victims of BitConnect scheme are encouraged to visit justice.gov website for information on their rights to identify themselves as a victim and submit a victim impact statement. This BitConnect was one of the most infamous crypto scams of all time that offered huge returns on a propriety trading bot. In fact, the bot didn't even exist. It was a Ponzi scheme that rewarded participants based on the number of people that bought into the scheme. It was huge. It was everywhere. Not one person, I remember, wasn't saying we should get into BitConnect. And, well, I'm just happy I stayed out. <laughs> I'm very happy I stayed out. But it was just almost too good to be true. And apparently it was. Crypto.com pays, wait, just sit down for a minute. Crypto.com pays a reported $700 million to name the Lakers and Clippers arena and change it to Crypto.com arena. That is one playing into this whole pattern of these crypto companies putting names on and branding on different sports teams around the U.S. And you guys remember FTX arena, the Miami Heat arena got changed to FTX arena. They paid $135 million for that deal. This is $700 million to name that arena for the next 20 years. The Houston Rockets also took another step to cryptocurrency industry today, announcing a partnership with Bitcoin financial services firm Nidig, and the alliance will see the team paid in Bitcoin. Nidig will serve as the team's official Bitcoin services partner and Bitcoin platform, and the companies will work together to develop educational content and community initiatives. So, Big moves from all kinds of crypto companies to put their name on sports teams to get their name out there. Brand recognition. As Stan Brinkman Fried said, you can't buy Facebook ads to get this kind of brand recognition, but you can buy your name on an arena. Quentin Tarantino, who I think I'm, I'm speculating here and allegedly uh, is trying to capitalize off of NFTs, is making pop fiction NFTs. Well, Miramax is not too happy about that. Miramax is suing Quentin Tarantino because they allege that Quentin Tarantino kept them in the dark and that his rights are too narrow to release NFTs on their own. Basically, Miramax wants their cut. 
And well, when people see that Bored Ape Yacht Club turns into a billion dollar enterprise, people are going to try to get their money. And finally, I want you to read this today. It's an op-ed research article report by decrypt writer Ben Munster. It's titled, Dumb Money, How to Get Rich in Ethereum Without Understanding It. No knowledge or no technical understanding? No problem. Meet the young people who have made big crypto gains with no homework. Now, this is a criticism, not an endorsement of the process. I just want you guys to know, but I also think it's a good read. Good job, Ben. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Diemer. Don't forget to go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone. <laughs>